the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What does restoration look like? And then, how have Americans' religious beliefs changed? You're listening to The Common Good. Hey friends, welcome to The Common Good here on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. Ooh, I'm getting close to vacation. It's coming. I can see it out there. I'm so excited for you. All you need to know is I'm going to be on a beach for a little bit of next week. And uh, the first time those toes touch the Atlantic Ocean, (laughs) it'll just take all stresses away. Uh, Away they go. Yes, it will. It does feel a little bit like uh, when we come back, then... Okay, we're we're like back, like schools staring. Yeah, it's us. like over, like summer's over. One of the point. issues is like we're going to drive back all through Sunday, get back late because on Monday morning at seven a.m., Jackson has his first football practice. Like, oh, and it's man. not like football camp where yeah. you come up. This is like yeah, there's a dead week for yeah. IHSA where they can't do any practice, can do. Yeah, and then all of high school, all of Illinois high school sports can start on that Monday. I think it's like the I didn't 7th, know that. Okay, and they all start on the seventh, and so now. Now it's real practice and so it's you don't miss like you're uh, here that's it you're wow. here and so wow. and emily's going to uh high school this year and she's going to play volleyball so she starts practice okay. and we'll be like okay still madeline will still be on for like another yeah. three weeks but you're like okay summer's let's ending go, let's go have in the this routine. vacation let's yeah. go get this vacation Good for you so, guys i'm glad you get to go do you have another vac- you're done right sort of i i am and i'm not like i know that sounds like a non-answer but uh i am going back to the church in seattle that okay. i go to but i'm so a friend's coming and we're going to visit another friend there. So it's like a work. But you don't have a family vacation. vacation. No, family vacations are done. We did Oklahoma. The other thing I'm, well, I was thinking about this until my co- my house started falling apart. My boys don't start school until August 30th. Dang. So we have a whole other like month and a half. And I was thinking about maybe a long weekend trip to like see my aunt in Nashville or go to my parents or something. But I don't know now with yeah. everything happening. Now so that we'll see. I'll decide later. You might have to be working your third job exactly. and needing to like exactly. uh, pay for exactly. a microwave or something. You're going to see me at Panera serving your iced tea soon. I would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I know you would. You would enjoy You'd that. Be like, How can I help you? And I'm like, nope, I'm at the kiosk. <laughs> nope. I'm good. <laughs> I don't trust you, lady. <laughs> I need you to come fill up the iced tea over I'm here. I'm definitely though. spinning your iced tea. <laughs> that's why sure. I would not go to you. For sure. That's, that's aggressive. That was yeah, aggressive. That's not true either. I would never spin your iced tea. Speaking of aggressive. Oh, that's a, <laughs> oh, that was that a good segue, is sir. A segue. Well right, done. I talk about an interview I saw over the weekend. It was tweeted out by a bunch of people. Uh, it originated at the Baptist News Global. Okay? okay, Baptist News Global. They ran an interview, and then a lot of people wrote them like, you should take this down, and they completely doubled down. They oh. were, like, promoting it oh. through their Twitter account because uh, I think they were getting a ton of traffic. Okay. Uh, they ran a interview uh, in writing. So this isn't, like, this is a, on a website. They okay. ran an yeah. interview. With somebody we haven't talked about in a while. <gasps> Who's that? Uh, the former senior pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel, James McDonald. Jamesy! 
And so let me give you a little bit of this, and then I just want you to know how it strikes you. Okay. Because he's been out of the limelight, if you will, for a while. Yeah. Um, this interview, uh, he owns up to that he was burned out. He should have quit sooner before some things fell apart. Uh, he was too focused on kind of the, uh, you know, the numbers and this and that. But he paints himself as a very sympathetic figure. Interesting. In this interview. Okay. Um, Julie Royce does not come off well in this interview. They kind of speak of Julie as if she was somebody who has, like, decided she's going to make her name off of taking down James McDonald. Uh, so I'm – that's my interpretation. Yes, I, I understand. Okay. I understand. Uh, he speaks of – uh, basically, the elders should have allowed him to quit sooner, that there were some things that that weren't going well. Uh, the wow. one that got a lot of people, wow. you might remember, on March 22nd, McDonald accidentally struck a woman's vehicle in California. I do remember while that. While attempting to parallel park, and he got arrested yeah. because police reported that as the woman got out of her car to confront McDonald, he allegedly, quote, jumped out of his truck and attacked the victim. Yeah, being really uh, belligerent, apparently, right? Uh, allegedly. McDonald allegedly assaulted the woman. His truck rolled backwards and struck the vehicle parked behind it. Uh, a, a statement from the police said the witness a, that witnesses stopped McDonald from leaving the scene until authorities arrived. McDonald says... Uh, I barely touched the lady in front of me. She jumped out of her car and came at me, and I was so startled that I jumped out of my car and didn't even put it in park. It rolled into the person behind me, and I reached toward this lady. He said he must have blacked out because he's been trying to piece together what happened no. on that day. Nope. I think I blacked out, and I fell. The reason I know this is because I fell to the ground. I never put my hands underneath me. He then talks about... Uh, in kind of almost romantic terms, the way he used to be at a 13,000 person multi, uh, a mega church, but now he preaches to 40 to 50 addicts uh, at a thing called Rock Bottom in a garage on Saturday nights. And so to say it was a little bit of a redemption, restoration, puff piece, uh, you would not be out of line yeah, to say this. Yeah, this yeah. Ba has bothered a lot of people, yeah. especially the part where he doesn't own up to what the police say happened. Right. In California. Right. Now, there's restoration. If you're in his shoes, you probably want to get your stuff out there. Yeah. I think the biggest problem people have is with the Baptist global uh, news, news mm -hmm. running this mm -hmm. and then promoting it more and more well, and more on their website. I, I, you always sort of wonder when these kinds of puff pieces happen like that feel like a PR move. Like, what's, what's about to happen? Is James McDonald about to announce his running for something? President of something? Is Trying he about to, get back to be in. restored to a big church? Is he doing, uh, you know, it's okay. Is it's it because his trial's about to come? Yeah. Is it something to do with the political era we're about to enter into? Like, you just, m my kind of cynical mind goes, why the PR move now? Yeah. And yeah. what's behind the scenes? This is where I always am a little like, and I, I understand this is easier for me to say as an outsider, but like, if you're really doing the work, do you need to let people know you're doing the work publicly? Mm. Or is it enough that your friends and your family know and you stay behind the scenes and you preach to this group at rock bottom and 
you let God be aware of your life and you don't go public with it and do this. This is where I was bothered with Carl Lentz and the Hillsong documentary. Yeah. Everybody kept saying, oh, he sounds so repentant. He sounds so. And that's probably true. But I, I get my cynicism goes up when suddenly you're being interviewed about it. Then I'm like, mm, is it re- is it a real transformation? And again, I understand I'm not in their shoes, that's cynical, et cetera. But I don't know. This thing about I might have blacked out. I'm like, feels, I roll, I roll, I roll. Feels like a bit much. Yeah. Why, why would, uh, I think the answer is always money, but why would mm. the Baptist global, mm. was it leader or whatever, news, mm-hmm. Why would they even go down this road? Why would somebody interview a James McDonald for a piece like this? Why would somebody interview a Carl Lentz or a Bill Hybels or whatever else down the road? What's in it for them? I guess it's money. I guess it's hits on their site. Like suddenly I'm reading BaptistNews.com, something I never would have read before. And again, I'm like, all right, what's going on in the Baptist denomination that James McDonald is about to get hired to do some? I don't know. Like, it feels to me like they're paving the way for something that's about to be announced or is about to happen or or something. Or maybe, yeah, maybe James McDonald's PR people said, can we throw you a little bone if you'll throw him a little bone? I, I don't know. I'm skeptical about it. Maybe I think at- the answer is clicks. Yeah, I think. Do you know what has probably gotten more clicks at Mm, the Baptist Global whatever than it's ever gotten? The James McDonald interview. But it's been interesting to see the way so many people have come out. But even the people who are mad about it are clicking on it. And it's sad to say that. But you have to realize that I bring that up to say you got to realize that when you're reading these kinds of things. And we are going to go back to this restoration in these types of circumstances to ministry should not happen until there's just an owning of what you've done. Yeah. And yeah. until and it doesn't there's... mean it can never happen. I agree but, with but you. But I agree. Yes. Something has to be owned. Yeah. And again, this feels PRE. This feels mm-hmm. uh, image management. This feels like all the nastiness of the things we do in the big church world yeah. that you're like, let's just stop that. Yeah. Let's not do that anymore. So mm-hmm. we'll see if there's an act two to this. Something else coming down the pike. Coming up next... Americans' belief in God, heaven, and angels has really changed over the last couple of years. A new Gallup okay. poll talks about that. We're going to go over some of that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Aubrey, Gallup poll. One of the things I love to do is just to read you lots of numbers. <laughs> And then I want you to put it in the stew and go, this matters, okay. this doesn't matter. Uh, yes. I'm, Here's I'm what a, we take I'm from this. I'm gifted at that. I feel like that's a gift of so mine. Put buckle, the numbers in the stew. Buckle up, people. I'm about to throw you <laughs> lots of numbers from a Gallup poll. The headline reads this. Americans' belief in God, heaven, and angels hits in a historic low. Hmm. The new survey released this past Thursday, so a week ago, found that 74% of Americans say they still believe in God, but that's a decline from 79% in 2016 and 90% in 2004. So oh, since wow. 2004, that number has declined by wow. 16%. Similarly, that's always a hard word to say. Similarly, mm-hmm. 69% of Americans say they believe in angels. Uh, And 67% in heaven, both significant declines from earlier polls. Uh, The 2023 survey is different from Gallup's other survey that gave Americans only two options for belief in God, yes or no. They added the not sure option. So a little Mm. bit of an agnostic. uh, So that could speak to them. 
Americans' belief in hell, 59%, and the devil, 58%, also reach new lows. Hmm. The more money and education that Americans have, the less likely we read here that they are to believe in God. (gasps) Interesting. Only 51% of Americans say believe in the existence of all five of the following spiritual entities. So only basically half the people said, I believe in all five of these. God, angels, heaven, hell, and the devil. Wow. All right. So I just, you're you're stirring the stew. I'm stirring it up. The stew is going around. What do you do with it? I don't know. I mean, there is this part of me that wishes they wouldn't have thrown in the like, quote, other entities. Like, I think it's a little, I don't know why. Maybe you can help me unpack my own. Like, it's a little weird to me, the angel piece. Like, why are you asking people that? Like, I'm not surprised by that number. Like you're talking about a spiritual realm and what and it sort of depends on what you even think about angels and de- I don't know. The God thing, I, I that's the one I, that's intriguing to me to learn about and perhaps heaven and hell as well. I'm actually surprised that it's 74 percent. That's still higher than I would have thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I understand it's a decline from 90 percent. That's a massive decline, obviously, since uh, 20 years ago. But I I still think that's higher than I, I than I would have thought. Um, I don't know what to do with this. I'm always curious about faith in Jesus Mm -hmm. because God is a big term. Angels and demons are so esoteric and so spiritual. It's like, I almost want it to be more particular. Do you believe in Jesus? Like, Mm. but I guess that wasn't the point of their survey. Right. Just, is there a spiritual world that you believe in or not? So do we panic about this? No. Do we take it into consideration as neighbors and church leaders? I guess the point is you can't assume a um even a gnosticism anymore you can't assume a um Mm. belief in the spiritual realm from everybody anymore so when you're starting to have faith conversations spiritual conversations telling people your pray for them etc you can't assume even if they're not christians you can't assume that they even believe there's a spiritual world so all right i want to lean into that because my my follow-up question to you was going to be and you started getting at it here like again, it could be interesting. It could be what do we do with this? But yeah. the real question for us as Christians is: Does this change how we interact with our neighbors? Does right. this change how we do evangelism? Right? Does this uh, tweak how we speak when we're at church? The assumptions we make. What actual changes for us as Christ followers mm-hmm. who would say we believe in these things? Mm-hmm. We believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. What actual change does this make as we interact with our neighbors, with people at church or whatever else? I mean, I think bottom line, big picture, nothing changes because the goal is to love, right? So you love no matter what people believe, think, et cetera. I do think it changes your conversation starting places, like where in the past we would have assumed people went to church. Uh, In the past, you assumed maybe everyone believed in a higher power, even if they didn't call him Jesus, like it you it's just a different starting place in a conversation and some of it i mean interestingly you know part of my degree is evangelism and we talk a lot about apologetics in my degree and there's a classical form of apologetics that says in some apologetics conversations you really are starting with the um is it reasonable to believe that god exists mm. And so it might be that, that you're like kind of stepping 
back in your conversations when you find people don't believe that the supernatural yeah. world even exists or that God exists or there's a creator or a force or whatever language they're going to use to go, okay, can we have a conversation about the reasonableness of believing in God versus not believing in God? Keller's so good at this, right? Talking about how it's just as it's just as reasonable to say there is a God as it is to say there isn't a God because we can look at rhythms in the world, patterns, the order of creation, the way um, we can exist on this Mm -hmm. universe with Mm -hmm. a very small percentage that like we should be alive. We actually are. You can look at the way the eye is made. You can look at how we long for beauty and you know, I, it's a different starting that's right. place, I guess. I mean, I guess that's it. And then maybe you pray a little bit differently. Like, God, give me the opportunity to talk with my neighbor about where they might see you or where they might experience you. Or, um, I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Uh, I think as a pastor, we also can't assume that anybody who comes into our church has this like foundational, even like, mm-hmm. I don't know the answers, but I don't, be- but I do believe in God. Right, right. It used to be like, there are some atheists out there, mm-hmm. but even most people we walk around are mm-hmm. like, yeah, I believe there's a God. I, mm-hmm. I might be agnostic about him. I might not. Yeah. Uh, you, like you said, there's probably also would have been helpful to ask about Jesus. Um, but so that's I, interesting, even in preaching, not just to assume the like belief, right? The existence of God. And Keller used people. to speak mm-hmm. on that all the time mm-hmm. as well. I think when it comes to neighbors, I think it's a little bit of the same. I don't know that we start from a belief of going, well, you clearly believe in God, but let's talk about the presence of evil. Let's talk about, but maybe just going, hey, this person probably has, there's a good chance they have no framework for even who God is Mm -hmm. and uh, any belief in him. And I think that does change kind of our starting point to uh, mm-hmm. reaching our neighbors to whatever else it might be. So what's so interesting. I had a, I spoke at an event a couple years ago and I had a conversation with a woman afterwards about Jesus. She was a spiritual seeker. So she believed in spiritual things. But what she said was, I have a hard time with a couple things. And one of the things was I had talked about, I had talked about like using language, like the enemy, mm. speaking of Satan, spiritual attacks, things like that. And she was like, I just, I don't believe in this thing called the enemy that you Christians talk about. I don't believe in a supernatural like evil that exists. Mm. And so, you know, I, you know, part of the work of an evangelist is to go, hey, well, tell me what's that about? Like, what, why do you, why is that hard for you? Tell me more of your story. And she began talking about actual evil that had happened in her life. She'd been abused. She'd been abandoned, things like that. And. So I was able to say, look, I would call that evil. Like mm. what you're calling abuse, I would say, yes, that's abuse. But also that's evil at work and God doesn't want yes. that for you. And so, again, I that didn't necessarily change my tactic or approach or the way I was like praying to the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom in my communication with her. But um, it was a different starting point, even to having to go. I think evil is real. You might not. But let's talk about that. Right. You know, right. and so I. I guess, it, again, we just need to know where people are coming from that's to right. be able to speak love and Jesus into their lives. I think that's the point of this is not assuming the starting point is, well, we all believe in God mm-hmm. and going from there. Yeah. All right. Coming up next. Is it OK to ask God for a sign? Ooh. We're going to discuss that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160. Hope for your life. All right, Aubrey. Uh, I'm sure you've been asked this question at times. Probably thought about it yourself. Uh 
can we ask God for signs? Is that something we should be asking? So you've got a decision to make. Mm. Uh, mm. Should we... Should you take this one job or mm. should you turn it down or should mm. I buy this house or turn, should I marry this person or whatever? And you always hear about Gideon laying out yeah. the fleece, yeah. right? And you'll get some people go, oh, we're told don't test God. Other people like, hey, this is what Gideon, you know, go ahead and do it. Should we work that way? Is there any Dean? Like, just your thoughts. Should we work that way? Um, man, that's a really good question. I want to say, <laughs> uh, yes and no. Like, yes and no. <laughs> Great. How's that for an answer? I think we always pray for, um, discernment, right? And we always pray that the Lord would. Um, make it really clear, make our path clear, help make our decision clear, that kind of thing. I think the hard part is sometimes we ask for a sign when we just already know what the right thing to do is. Mm. And we forget that the Holy Spirit is in us guiding us. Um, So I don't... I don't want to say it's sinful. Like I and I and I'd be curious to see what like scholars talk about signs and scripture. Uh, scholars. I, I I don't think it's sinful at all. And sometimes God I think does give us obvious signs or helps or hints or themes or like things like that begin to stand out. I think the danger maybe of like always look for looking for a sign is that you're subject to sort of the whims and you might just see what you want to see. And again, sometimes I think, you know, the right obedience step Mm -hmm. to take or the right step of faith to take. And the looking for a sign is a little bit of an excuse. Like here's an example. This is maybe a terrible example. And maybe no one ever does this, but I'm just going to throw this out here. God, I need a sign if I should stay married to my spouse or not. Mm You you probably know the answer already. Do you <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. something like that. I don't know. What do you think about science? Again, I don't think it's sinful. I, I mean, don't. I, it can be misguided, like you said, in terms of. Does that mean if God doesn't show up exactly the way I'm telling him He needs yeah. to, that I'm not going to, you know, move forward? Right. That that feels lack of trust. So I I think we could pray. God, I really need clarity on this Mm -hmm. i really need clarity would you make this so abundantly clear that it's obvious right uh i don't know is can i even take this next step of laying out the terms by doing this i I don't great ask but but what happens if that doesn't happen is that a clear sign god's going right don't do this i don't think so like i don't think it's fair to be like uh, oh, okay, God didn't, you know, I asked him to speak to me in a burning bush, and he didn't speak to me in a burning bush, so therefore, I'm not he must gonna... not be calling me to yeah. do that or yeah. do this. I, I just don't think. Uh, let me read to you. I, I got thinking about this, but I saw an article through the Gospel Coalition at a place called HebraicThought.org, Ooh, not one that I normally go cool, to. cool website. Super long article that you can find there, but let me just read the end of it, and tell me if this kind of... Cuts down the middle the way you're, you were kind of talking okay. and I was kind of talking. Okay. Uh, she writes, 
Though agency and confidence are good, control seems to be the opposite of trust. Hmm. True, trusting God is a journey, but I'm not advocating blind trust. I'm advocating trust in the God who has proven good in the past. The God who's full of mercy and grace and promises to be with us. The God who ultimately promises to save us and come again. We can have confidence that this God is with us, not in knowing exactly what God will lead us through. God does mercifully give signs in Scripture, sometimes when asked, and often when not asked. Hmm. Perhaps it's best to listen and look for those signs while we walk in trust. Hmm. Like I I like how she kind of cut that down the middle going, hey, sometimes we just got to trust. We know we we can best discern prayerfully the next step. And sometimes God might appear to you in a burning bush and say, go that way. I don't want to say God never gives us signs. God never answers our requests for sign. Right. But I think if it's like I will not proceed unless God gives me the sign mm-hmm. that I'm asking for, mm-hmm. that feels dangerous to me. Does it feel dangerous cuz you're putting God to the test? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, I... and you're saying Mhm. And because you're presuming mm-hmm. if God doesn't do exactly what I ask him to mm-hmm. do right here, then it's a no. Then it's a don't move forward. Yeah, yeah. That feels presumptuous. That feels <sighs> and the opportunity to miss out on some great opportunities and some callings in life. Like I know I've said this before, but I heard a professor, one of Kevin's professors at Northern say that discernment, like spiritual discernment really can only happen retrospectively, mm. meaning as you look back on the course of your life or the way God moved, then you go, oh, that's what God was doing. Yeah. And so he he says discernment forward, you you know, kind of this idea of looking for a sign or praying for something. One, you do it in a group. You do it collectively with other church folks, like in your Christian community. And and he, he talked a lot about kind of God leading, you know, the Israelites with the cloud. Like, you do it kind of in the thick of the cloud and do the best you can with the information you can as you all feel the same way about something. And then you course correct if you're wrong. Yeah. And and sometimes maybe we overemphasize certainty, clarity, signs, mm. things like that, rather than just sort of trusting like God is going to guide us even when it's confusing and God's will for our life is bigger than our ability to miss it. So yeah. even if we take a step this way, God's going to go, come on, let's go this way instead, you know. I, I wonder if we overemphasize this this type of clarity or sign. And yet, like they're saying here and like you and I said, you also don't want to say God doesn't work that way. Right. I, you never want to put God in a box and say, well, God can't do this. So I like I remember when both? we I remember <laughs> when we started our church and people would ask, why did you end up where you ended up? Mm-hmm. Like in South Downers mm-hmm. Grove or we came. Yeah. And I, I think people were expecting like there was this huge moment. There was this sign. Mm-hmm. And it's not how it worked. Yeah. It was somebody said that they could really use churches down here. We came and visited it. And then we got, got in contact with this guy with a warehouse. Like there were little things along the way. It was more just open doors. Like, okay, yeah. let's step through that door. Yeah. It was never like I, I didn't. But some people, when they're doing something like that, they do have a dream. Right. They do have this. It's true. But it's it doesn't. Oh, if I had said, you know what? All these things are lining up. But God, you have to mm-hmm. like magically mm-hmm. speak to me in this. And then he didn't. Does that mean that we that all those doors were wrong? We're wrong. No. Yeah. No, and that's yeah. where I think we mean by sometimes we just have to trust as we're prayerfully walking the path that God will open doors mm-hmm. or close doors mm-hmm. and we can be discerning in mm-hmm. community 
uh, and trust that God's good and present and with us. Yeah. So, uh, I think one more thing. The hard part, too, is like, okay, let's say you pray for a sign and you get the sign. Then you got to do something. Then about you got to do it. There's no excuse. Can you at give that me a point. second sign? Right. I need another confirmation. A second sign. So, <laughs> all right. Coming up next, we're going to play a game. Uh oh. Uh, I love to play these games with you. Is this from the Bible or from a movie? Oh, this will be fun. It's not even just quotes. They're going to tell you a, like the story, Ooh, and you have to tell us where uh, the story is okay, from. We're going to do that next year on The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life. Let's have some fun. Okay. We're going to put you to the test. Ooh. You love the Bible. Yes. You love movies. Yes. And so... These are true statements about me. Uh, we are going to... Uh, BuzzFeed ran this thing where it's not even quotes. It's like a description of a story. Uh, and oh. you have to decide, is that a movie or is that the Bible? Oh, this will be fun. Okay. They're buzz, they're okay. buzz line. They're, they're, they're little line. It says, is this from the Bible or from a movie? One is a story filled with vengeful gods, miracles, <laughs> and excitement. And the other is the Bible. Oh, but that's funny. All right. So I already warned you, there's lots of pop-ups yes. on BuzzFeed. Okay. So we are going to try to navigate, navigate this. that website. Uh, I'm very right. excited about this, though. Let's hope I do okay. All right. Here we go. First one. Yes. Uh, several people with an almost supernatural connection experience some strange coincidences, <laughs> and then it rains frogs, catching everyone by surprise. Oh, well, this is tricky because this was in that Tom Cruise movie. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. All this Magnolia, maybe the name of the movie, something well, like that. Then it sounds like you think it's a movie. But then there's some similar things with Exodus. I'm read it again. Read it again. Let me go past all the pop-ups here. Okay, several people with an almost supernatural connection experience some strange coincidences, uh, movie. and movie. then it rains frogs, movie. catching everyone by movie. surprise. Movie. She says movie. Not only is it movie, it's Magnolia. Yes! yes you yes, actually yes, got yes, the yes. movie. I can't believe I remembered the title of that movie. I thought that everyone loved that, and I thought it was so stupid. Remember BuzzFeed. They, they're they not really going to a Christian audience. I think the Bible ones might tend to be somewhat easy here. I okay. say that for the next one. Okay. <laughs> Under threat, a father is forced to kill his own son, but higher powers <laughs> intervene at the last second. Yeah, we'll we'll take I'll take the Bible for one hundred. Yep, that is Abraham being yeah. commanded to kill his Under son. Threat Isaac. is a little strong, but okay. Again, it's BuzzFeed, yeah, so yeah. we're reading straight I from like there. It. Okay. After moving to a case, oh, you need to keep track. You, oh, okay. So you're okay. Two, two for two at two this two. point. Okay. After moving to a chaotic new city, a family receives a message that will change their destiny. Soon after, a cataclysm tears the region apart, and to survive, the family will need to flee and never look back. Oh, Bible. <laughs> the never look back was the tell. I it, right? <laughs> yep, this is... Did you know that that was Sodom and Gomorrah? Did you know that's where they were going until I, the and never look back? I thought, this sounds like Sodom and Gomorrah, but could it be some disaster movie? And then never look back was just like, done, done, and done. All right, we, we fully know this next one's the Bible. I just have to read how they, how they, oh, how they explain this okay. one. A baby is sent to Earth and adopted by a humble family. Over time, he discovers that he has special powers, oh. and at the age of 33, he undertakes oh, a mission to okay. save the world from itself. Okay, 33. I was, it Feels could, like Jesus, could be, right? Yeah, it could be Superman, but 33. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, we're not even going to count this against you. 
I didn't even give you a chance. That's a movie, and it is Superman. Superman. <laughs> Superman. Thirty-three though throws you off. I don't. I don't. Was Superman thirty-three when uh, he? Apparently, this is yeah. 2013's The Man of Steel. Yeah. Jor El and his wife seek to preserve their race by sending their newborn son to Earth. The yeah. child spaceship lands on the farm of Jonathan and Martha Kent. Yeah. Who give him the name? I shouldn't even have read. I I got to be more true you to the do, show here because I would have said Superman. I did say Superman. I, I said it once. It said thirty-three. I'm like, oh, they're That's describing Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. The adopted family got me, but I was like, right. maybe they're and, just and stretching from this. another world. A woman seeking shelter in an unfamiliar town <laughs> works hard in exchange for lodging. However, the presence of an outsider creates tension among the residents of the town who begin to despise and abuse her. Uh, I'm going to say movie. I think that's Bible. Okay. You're saying movie? Yeah. It's the movie. Yes. Any guess on the movie? I've never heard of this movie, but uh, you watch weird movies. Uh... The movie's called Dogville. No, I would not have guessed that. I would definitely not have guessed that. After hearing children mock him and draw attention to his baldness, <laughs> Bible, a Bible. disturbed man with special abilities calls upon two bears who emerge from the woods to kill 42 boys. That is Bible. I love that. That's my kid's favorite story. Baldy, baldy. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verses 23 through uh, 24. Yeah, good. After her husband accuses her of being unfaithful, a woman is condemned to death. However, it comes out that she was frequently abused, both verbally and physically, by her husband, who wanted to drive her away so he could marry a younger woman. Oh. That's a tough one. I don't actually know. Okay, read it one more time. Read it one more time. After her husband accuses her of being unfaithful, a woman is condemned to death. However, it comes out that she was frequently abused, both verbally and physically, by her husband, who wanted to drive her away so he could marry a younger woman. I'm going to go movie, but I almost feel like this is the this is the Esther and Queen, you know, the one he like, but she's the one who yelled at him for being a drunk. So already, I'm going movie. I'm going movie. You are correct. Yeah. The Stoning of Soroya M. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. In the midst of war, the king falls in love with the wife of one of his soldiers. In order to marry her, the <laughs> king the calls upon the soldier to visit him in his royal palace. Later, the soldier returns to battle with a note that will change his destiny. <laughs> That's definitely the Bible. That's David and Bathsheba. And nasty and, King David. And Uriah. Dirty yep. King David. <laughs> Okay, correct. Oh, that's it. That's it. So I'm eight of eight. The, yeah. The Superman one, you're going to give me. You're gonna, I'm going to yeah. give it to you. That said, yeah, it, that it's fun. giving you seven, eight, and you scored better than 94% yeah! of all other quiz takers. Yeah, baby. I think what makes that fun is that uh, the Bible yeah. reads like a movie it does. sometimes. Like some of those things are like, well, that could be the Bible or a movie. Oh, that reminds me of this story in the Bible. Oh, the, they went very Old Testament on us there, which is where I guess all the good stories are, to be that honest. Is, that is but. like when I gave you the, uh, is this Bible verse or heavy metal lyric? Oh, yeah, and that was all amazing. Either, they all came either Old Testament or Revelation. <laughs> right, right. They all were. Have you uh, ever preached so the baldy, uh, that even I, made I, it into a sermon? Yeah, not, not, oh, with youth. Youth, that's a youth ministry sermon. What do you do with it or you just in... tell it for fun? Yeah, like, kind of fun. For fun. You know, this will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, 
but uh, the word, the power of words and how they hurt people. I've never preached it from the pulpit. What about you? No. Do you like Bobby, that story? Bobby. Do you like that story more than the he plunged his knife into the fat of the guy and it like, goes completely into where you can't even see it anymore? I don't know. I might let it land on that one. The description of that one is so incredible. Like you're like. Wow, that is some major detail. That dude must have been so fat that you couldn't even see it. They're they're just both. They're good, solid. They're good, solid Bible. Stories. So is Superman at the? I mean, age of thirty three, sent down. Is he supposed to be a Christ figure? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. He's supposed to be a Christ figure. Absolutely, he's supposed to be hmm. a Christ figure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Now I'm picturing if Jesus could shoot beams out of his eyes. Right. And the like, only, I guess the only difference is he's got the kryptonite weakness and he falls in love, you know, with women. So that obviously that's different than Jesus. But yeah, he's definitely Christ. Almost every hero in a movie is a Christ not figure, just, though. Let's be not honest. Not just women, but Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Well, he falls in love with the second one, too. There's two, aren't there two gals in his I can't say life? that I've watched because you watched many Superman, Superman movies. Yeah. All right. Well, good times. That was fun. Thank you, did you for well. bringing you the really quiz. You really do well on these. I do you well really on do these. Well it makes me, okay, I can, I can keep going in my calling in life. <laughs> <laughs> and watching movies. Well, hey, we'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. So glad you've been with us today. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.